I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney and It's Mike and Deglio. Hell yeah. Way back in high school, most every night. What'd you do, Mike? My mom watched QVC, so I messed up practice. Sure did, sure there did. Was no TiVo. <laughs> what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. That's what I did. <laughs> now I'm out of practice. One of us has a bohawk, and the other one is me. <laughs> It don't, because of the white, it almost looks bald on the side. You are 40 damn years old. Why do you have a fohawk? <laughs> it's not as fohawky as you think. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, Keith Barney, and Fohawk Magoo dis- <laughs> discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to Season 8, Episode 17, War. Of the roses. How's it going, Mike? Streamlined the sides of your head, eh? I sure did. Uh, I don't know what's older, uh, an old guy with a faux hawk or an old guy trying to sound hip and saying faux hawk magoo. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure that that's even a, an attempt at f- being hip, though. Like, oh, okay. I think I think only an old guy would think that's an attempt at being hip. Well, an old guy also wouldn't change the graphic, but they didn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Season 8, folks. Today we're doing an episode called War of the Roses, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it, it, I am too, actually. We're we're sort of building some momentum into the uh, the showdown, the epic battle showdown that was inevitable the minute Alan Shore walked onto the uh, show. So, But before we start, Keith, it, yeah, something yeah, yeah. very important I want to point out... Um, you know, today we're recording this on Father's Day. Father's Day will have passed by the time you all watch it or listen to it, however you consume your oops. But I want to take this moment to shout out this guy right here. Because somewhere, Bobby McDonald is daddying, I hope. Uh, so here's our best wishes to Bobby Jr. Uh, I hope that he is being fathered. That's all I can say. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, Bobby Jr. I, I, I don't like your chances. Uh, hopefully, the <laughs> hopefully Alan Shore can take some of that seven million dollars he's brought into the firm and pay for some therapy for uh, being birthed into that nonsense. So, uh, yes. But happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and uh, you know, surrogate fathers, uncles, whatever, cat dads, uh, pet pet dads, especially pet dads. Yeah, I, I mean, Charlie has not given me a Father's Day gift yet, but we'll we'll see. The day's young. Maybe okay. he'll surprise me with some, you know, like a hairball later this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, we are very excited today. Uh, my internet has been fixed, which is uh, very exciting. We talked about it a little bit on the Deep Space Nine show or the Toy Show. I don't remember which show we talked about that on because we, I, I realized that uh, at this point, I'm recording somewhere, I think, four to five shows a week now. Wow. 
And that's probably almost eight to nine hours uh, on the mic every Don't week. work out Am the I... hourly, Keith. Do not work out the hourly. I, I strongly suggest. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's true. Like when, when you really factor it all in, uh, I'm paying to, uh, to do all of this. But it is so much fun. Uh, but you want to know who makes it a little bit better? Who actually improves that hourly rate? Our amazing patrons and supporters of our shows, this show, the Deep Space Nine show, the Toys show, and the entire empire on patreon.com slash K and M. Spell out that M. I'm going to give a list of who's on the team, and then you can tell them what those folks are seeing. Uh, people, our patrons are currently Cloud Lover 69, Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, and CRM Productions, and our newest Charles Babbage. Welcome to the team. Mike, uh, tell them what they can get. Hey, these guys are watching me get cozy every once in a while and mm. sit upon the floor, get casual. We're watching Deep Space Nine. Sometimes I forget that I'm I have viewers with me, so I stop talking entirely. But it's fun. You get to see me watch Deep Space Nine. And then Keith and I get together to talk about it on YouTube.com, but that's always free. We'll remain free thanks to our patrons. Additionally, we do some watch-alongs, which we're, we might do something a little different this month. I got I got an idea for you, Keith. We're also yeah. about to record our KM, K&M uh, Ask Me Anything, which is going to be mm -hmm. another, uh, I guess we're just talking to each other because not a lot of questions have rolled in. No one else is new. But you can uh, DM us on the Patreon. And really, guys, to be honest, at this point, the best benefit is that you are a supporter and you are a producer on the show. Uh, we've always had really amazing, uh, very in-depth, studied folks join us for Oops, which is uh, what you're watching here. Uh, but on the other shows, we're getting a lot of engagement as well. So we appreciate everyone's support. We appreciate your financial support. And hey, guess what? If you can't help us out financially, that's cool. You can give us a like. You can give us a subscribe on our YouTube channel or just listen to the podcast in its entirety. Guys, guess what? We're, we're, we're barreling towards the end. So uh, thanks for being with us all this time. I'm just talking for now, Keith. No, no, for sure. And and I'll say that um, uh, for the folks who have not joined us on the YouTubes for all of our other stuff, this is a bit of a plug for uh, a, a show sort of related to this. But if you know, if you've been listening to Oops all this time, you know that, you know, Star Trek's a big part of all of our lives at this point and always have been. And uh, I have a little, little surprise, a little bonus that I'm going to be dropping into our YouTube feed once we hit 500 subscribers, and this is going to be a, a, an unseen episode of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, that has been seen, I think, in, this, in the entire universe by about 12 people, um, uh, in, including uh, executive producer of Star Trek The Next Generation, Rick Berman, has seen this, uh, but it was a long time ago. Uh, the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that I filmed with my younger brother when I was a 11 or 12 and he was 8 or 9, uh, written, directed, produced, edited, and in all fashion by 12-year-old uh, me. So you know you want to see that, right? So uh, if you haven't, hop over to, you haven't seen it yet, but we're going to do a live uh, watch along for our Patreons. So, uh, but check it out. Give us a, a subscribe on the YouTube. We just need to get 500 and then this will happen.
All right. So if you uh, if you're not doing that, you can also reach us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at out of practice podcast. So uh, yeah, I think that's all the regular nonsense. Do you think we should uh, hop in the time machine? Do you think, Mike? I think it's time, Keith. Let's hop all into right. the time machine in a little segment we call This Day in the Basement. So this episode, season eight, episode 17, War of the Roses, uh, aired on March 21st, the year 2004. Uh, Mike, what were you doing in March of 2004? Other than getting your heart broken and losing your mic. Uh, yeah, I was muted. Uh, um, yeah, I don't think my heart was broken just yet. I think I was still rocking and rolling. Uh, in no, you, you, you were Brooklyn. you were in the butterflies at this point. Yeah, I was loving it. I was loving it. Um, but I'm gonna do a shout out. I think I mentioned it before one of the best parts of that relationship, e- it, until it made it even more sad, was I had a dog. I got my first dog, Keith. I never uh-huh. had really a dog growing up. As I moved away, my mom got a dog, but it never felt like mine. Right. And uh, they always a- do that. Parents always do that. Um, it was a like little... you want a dog or a cat the whole time, and then they get it the minute you leave. Interestingly, it was the first of the first puggle that I married into. <laughs> that I, and <laughs> only this dog was was like ninety percent beagle, ten percent pug. Whereas my next dog was a different ratio. Uh, but this was Coco, and she was probably eight years old when I first met her. So I'm sure she's no longer with us. But she was a wonderful dog. She took to me. Uh, I. Spent a lot of time with her. Unfortunately, we, we didn't get a great goodbye. But, uh, yes, my shout-out to Coco. It was just par- walks in the park. First time, I never was a dog person because I thought I was a cat person because I just always had cats growing up. This was the first time I had a dog, and I realized, oh, dogs are different. You know, I mean, dogs are have are their own They're special very thing. And uh, so shout-out to Coco. Miss you, girl. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, and then you married into BB, so that was great. Yeah, man, I, I I really lucked out into finding women who had cool dogs. <laughs> well, we all have a type. So, <laughs> so uh, for me in March, I uh, I have the I've got the emails. Uh, I was starting back at work back at NYU. Um, at this was my second go round at the NYU School of Continuing Medical Education, um, and uh, where I I worked there, and then when went out on tour, and then came back, and this would be I'd stay for the next uh, four years. Uh, I brought in uh, our buddy Devin to work with me at that point, and uh, of course, as uh, as we played some clips last week. I, I, this is the job I was fired from, and so uh, if you have, have seen the musical, I got fired, and I think maybe, I guess that's not true. I bet 7,000 people in the world have ever seen that show, uh, but uh, all of the cast of characters I was now working with every day, and so some of the things that are in that musical were happening to me right here in this moment at that job, but the other thing I did this week that I had entirely forgotten about is uh, one of our buddies from tour, Brad, had a uh, an acting teacher, friend of his, come and do a workshop, a little master class, and brought all of us into it. Um, and I don't remember who it was. Nothing ever came of it. I actually, as I remember it, I thought she was she was very good, and she gave me good advice. Um, and I think she she sort of was like, 
found a really nice way to say like buddy you're you're not the romantic lead but you're you'd be a hell of a villain and and sort of going into like the strong character type roles as opposed okay. to like I'm not going to be Danny Zuko and I I think she found a really nice way of of uh of helping guiding me to that knowledge. And I thought, and frankly, that was really good advice. I didn't actually do anything because I kind of retired from acting immediately, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, I actually thought that was really useful information. But what I remember most about that workshop is uh, we all got there. Guess that the pianist didn't show up. When you and say we all, I was not involved in this. I have zero recollection. I do not believe you were a part okay, of this. Yeah. Okay. No, but there was a group of us, some of us from the, uh, from the cast showed up. I thought I think you were wise enough not to just get rooked for the money, uh, but it was. But I I I take it back. It was good anyway. The pianist didn't show up, so I ended up having to pinch hit piano for half of the uh, half of the workshop, and that was that was scary because uh, I I play piano right, but I'm not very good, and I was even worse then. And well, sight uh, reading too. I mean, sight reading is a whole beast. Sight reading was real tough. Um, but but Richard was there. He did something from Secret Garden, which at least I knew the music, so that I knew what it was supposed to sound like, mm. and not horribly mangle it. But uh, anyway, that was uh, what happened there because I didn't play in front of human beings very often, um, and uh, still don't unless it's yeah, my own uh, work. Me either, but but a little bit here. Yeah, but but you are, you're actually good. Like yeah, you're the, not I'm, I can't sight read. Uh, I mean, I guess I could sight records, but I, I what I'm I'm just empathizing is all I'm doing. No, that's right. It, it, false modesty. You're yeah. you're actually good at what you do. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's what was happening in our lives. What do you say we uh, talk about this? It's time for the out of practice podcasts. This day in the world, the greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Mike's just starting the cues 45 minutes early, but we're all enjoying. Yeah. This is uh, Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris. Who's singing it today? Oh, uh, this is an uh, artist called Bay Bay Bay. Uh, you can check her out at Bay Bay on YouTube. What I find great about Bay Bay, and no shade to Bay Bay, she's also at Bay Bay Official, B A Y B E Official. Um, and she keeps just putting the word Bay Bay in this. <laughs> she's got an eye tat. She's got an eye tattoo. She's really going for it. it was, Sounds great. If it's B-A-E-B-E, -E, it's Bay B. No, it's B-A-Y-B-E. Baby. Baby. Official. Yeah. Baby, not Bay Bay. We're so oh, old. Yes. <laughs> we are so old. This one knows how to produce oh. a track, though. No, the track sounds great. The uh He listened to Bay Bay's new single, Don't HMU, at... What is... HMU, hit me up. Don't hit me up. So, you know what? Don't check it out. Baby, baby's not interested. I'm glad nobody's listening to this anymore. <laughs> I guess sometimes I think we're joking about being old, and then uh, then things happen. I'm like, no, we're we're really old. no, no, officially. Well, I and I I I know. Here's a little teleport from the future. 
At this point, three, two, one is the text from Jen she's going to send about this interaction. Uh, she doesn't She doesn't know that I predicted that she already sent a text about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bradley Free Press talking about a soldier's tale, talking about a Vermont soldier headed off. Here in the middle of the war. The top movie was Dawn of the Dead, uh, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which uh, was very successful. Who directed Based? that? You don't know. Uh, Rob Zombie? It wasn't Ro- no, no. I mean, Romero did the original one, but this was... Hold on, I'm going to look it up, because it was good. I liked the original the Romero one, though. Yeah. I mean, it's classic. It's a classic. Here it is. Okay, so it starred Sarah Pauly, Ving Rhames, and McKay Pfeiffer. And, Mackay, uh, Mackay, Mackay, Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer. With Ty Burrell, hilarious, Michael Kelly. Good cast. No wonder. And it was directed by Zack Snyder, of course. You know, Keith, speaking of the, the Wayback Machine, I went to mm. college with a girl uh, who I won't name, but she was very proud of the fact she always had, you know, we were all broke as S-H-I-T. And, mm-hmm. but she was always rolling in like really nice clothes. She always had like, she had a car. She had all kinds of stuff. And we were like, we thought she was rich, but guess what? She wasn't rich. It turns out, and she was very happy to admit this. She was a mistress of Mackay Pfeiffer and <laughs> like a mistress sugar daddy situation. And he would just like buy her all this fancy, nice stuff. And she was always just like rolling to acting school uh, with, you know, all her like fancy stuff. But she wasn't like, they weren't playing it on the DL. And she was one of his mistresses. So it was, he, Makai was rocking it in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, the 2000s, wherever we were. This is after Eight Mile, right? So he kind of just blowing up a little bit. Send your C and D's to <laughs> out of practice podcast at gmail.com Kara, so I've heard so Mike I've and heard. allegedly so allegedly wow uh, <laughs> interesting this is why you tune oh, in guys this is what you tune in for Mike's dog is, and some Mackay Pfeiffer's mistresses yeah yeah that's where we, All right. that's where we've devolved to well uh, let's let's really get this uh, improved with a uh, segment we call it's time it's time, time. time. Time for sports. Still happening. The Boston Hockey Bruins beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-4 at the Fleet Center. Michael Nylander scored the game winner in the third period after the Bruins rallied from a 3-0 deficit in the first period. Meanwhile, the Flyers shut out the Rangers in Philly 3-0. Robert Esch got the shutout. All right. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. And thanks to my buddy Neil at Xfinity, I have not uh, endgamed at any point thus far. We've made it past the 15-minute danger zone. So Get ready for me to blip mainly because I said that. This episode, the practice season eight, episode 17, War of the Roses, was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by Joseph Berger Davis, who last uh, directed Avenging Angels. Um, so, uh, yeah, here we, I, I, you know, we've said it before on the show, but I think it bears saying again, David E. Kelly is writing every damn episode of this entire season and all I, I 
you know, we, we nitpick and we have, you know, bigger and smaller issues with all the stuff that he does, which of course he must, he, if he ever listened to this, he would like come to our house and murder us. But I got to say, like, it is so impressive to be pumping out this amount of television. And uh, it's, it's really, we've, we've uh, never questioned remarkable. his worth at work ethic. That's for sure. My God, it's, it's astounding. So, uh, there you go. All right. Well, so, uh, you know, you know what? I, but I, I will. Um, I will mention it just mm. kind of an observation. I've been a, a, con- a contrasting observation I've made recently because I've been watching so much Deep Space Nine. And since I take the screenshots, I'm like really trying to focus on the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that because this is a procedural, and it's probably mostly because of that, it, you can really tell the shifts in directors because there aren't many. They don't do a lot of creative shots in this show, which makes sense. I mean, it's mm. just basically trying to capture setups right. and it's and a courtroom thing yeah but so when there are episodes where there's some like some cool shots or interesting setups or you know different takes on the direction or the cinematography it's very noticeable and, we, and I'm, I'm thinking we haven't had one in a while that's all a new di- yeah like yeah. a like, well, a, like mean- an episode where we aside from like the the flashbacks which always suck we haven't had one that's been like a a really cool like an on location or a a cool action sequence or anything like that. Well, you know, but let me see. We did have the car chase this this yeah. season, and we had going back to Alan's hometown this season. But yeah, I mean, it's not really it's it's not about that. I mean, uh, unless we have Bobby dangling somebody out of a window, right? Oh, that was fun. They do focus uh, on the close ups a lot, which generally gets us some great uh, some great. Yeah, it's about the acting. Big it's about the writing. It's about the ideas. All right. Well, so, uh, you know, I, I think because we have a little bit more context, I think it's time for an oldie but a goodie. What is that supposed to be? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Now, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Mm. Get down! Oh, the cat. The cat is eating the fish. Okay. So, (laughs) Keith, War of the Roses, clearly this is, you know, how many episodes are left this season? Uh, You ask me this every week, and every week I look it up, uh, because I don't remember. And uh, we have one, two, three, four, five. Five, six. After so, this, we will be in our last five episodes of the practice. Still, so many because here's here's what I think is got to start happening. Because I don't think there's time for a, for a, a huge breakup and then a reconciliation. I don't, I don't see that coming. So if this is the the fissure, if you will, mm-hmm. where he he branches off, here are the things I need to start happening. Right, I need to see him trying to poach. People from the office, like he's clearly going to want to bring Eleanor with him, probably Tara, right? So we need to see that start to take place. Sure, yeah. And at some point, he's got to bring in Denny Crane, right? He's got to meet up with him. So my guess is that, I don't know, it might be too early for Shatner. Because if they're bringing Shatner in this early, Shatner would just stick around, right? They'd want to have him for a multi-arc thing. Because I'm thinking during this huge breakup, Alan's got, we're going to meet a bunch of, Awesome characters, right? We're gonna because Alan, you know, Alan's got a, a guy who bugs things. Alan's got a white a black hat hacker to like break mm-hmm, into computer mm-hmm. systems. So I think we're gonna meet Alan's sort of like 
Ocean's Elevens of people. Uh, so we're going to meet his hacker probably. We're going to meet his financial guy to start trying to do all this cool stuff. But he's also going to need some legal help. So I think we either see, I think it's too early for a Denny Crane, but maybe we see a nice return from a certain John Larroquette. Oh, what? Well, that's a big swing. That'd be amazing. Uh, or like, you know, I think the the the, or maybe he goes to see Bobby. I think there's going to be some some sweet sweet guest starring start happening. Okay. And I think it starts with this episode because I think I think we, the Ocean's Eleven start, and at least one of the I'm being so general. At least someone on the Ocean's Eleven team is going to be a big name drop. That's that's okay. what I got. All right, all right. Well, what do you say? Uh, let's watch the episode, Mike. Okay, season eight, episode 17, everything's fine, everything is fine. That's that's not what it's called. War of the Roses. There it is. <laughs> I think I had a stroke. Eugene. Lucy's still here. He struck again. What now? He struck again. Hi. Meaning he this sent them a video and Jimmy, in email? Jimmy. I just want to say I miss you all terribly, and I can't wait till I return, which should be very, very soon. He's on my computer, too, brushing his teeth. Has he made any attempts to take files? Not that I can tell. Eleanor, tell your friend if he continues to break into our computers, we're going to the police. Yes, Eugene. I've demonstrated such a fine ability to control him, haven't I? He didn't ask her to control him. He asked him to say that. You're giving me $5,000? Yes. For what? What'll it get me? A slap in the face, and it'll be free. You might like that. Tara, I got you fired. No, you didn't. I made the choice to betray Eugene. You don't owe me anything. That isn't true, and we both know that. Look, let me at least try to get you rehired someplace else. I've got my bar exam coming up in July. I should probably take time off anyway. I'm fine, Alan. I don't like being in someone else's debt. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to get what's mine, of course. Which is the real reason I'm here. If this should go to trial, witnesses will be called for both sides. May I call you to be on mine? What did I witness? For starters, the conspiracy to fire me. Then I've got a big old... I also suspect they might try to raise my ethical deficits as grounds for the discharge. You might be able to bolster my estoppel claims, as well as, well, you're familiar with the doctrine of unclean hands, aren't you? How messy is this going to get? May I count on you, Tara? It's gonna get real messy. Well, since I don't think I work there either, uh, officially, I just kind of showed up, then sure. Yeah, I guess we're on the same I, team. I, you know, and I, I, I'm i gonna say this once, right? And then let it go, because uh, this is really fun, right? We're gonna go and have this yeah, big totally. battle or whatever. Why does Alan care? Oh, <laughs> what's up, CC? It like perfectly keyed her out. That's great. That's great. Like, why does Alan care? Like about this job? Why is he? Why is he going into this huge battle, which is gonna 
drag all this through the mud, cost all this money, whatever. Who cares? He's Alan Shore. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I don't know. But it's happening, so. It's happening. It'll be fun, though. Let's do this. I can't believe they're actually prosecuting me for this. This just isn't right, Eleanor. Oh, there's another case. Carrie, okay, you that's did good. hit a police officer. In self-defense. Well, come on. It wasn't exactly... You said you would make this go away. Those were your exact words. I thought I could, but they're choosing to make an example. I will lose my job if I get a conviction. My boss wants to fire me already. And he says with an assault conviction, that's cause. And I may lose my kids, too. Oh, my ex is always revisiting custody, and he's licking himself over this. I cannot get a conviction, Eleanor. You promised me. Carrie, listen to me. We are about to go into that courtroom. It is important. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. I. So, one thing I'd want to compliment, since I, <clears throat> I backhanded complimented about the cinematography about and and David's writing so much. One thing the practice generally does really well, which sometimes doesn't go as well in other shows. Uh, looking at you, Deep Space Nine, every once in a while. Whoa, uh, whoa. They're 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 still finding their footing in that first three minutes of the episode and they try to set all of the pieces for the entire episode up. Mm -hmm. Like I just watched that vortex episode and the writing is clunky to get all of the chess pieces on the board before we start the game here. They're really good at like conversation in progress and getting all like, I already know right. she's, she hit a police officer. She's her kids are at sit with the stakes and the, uh, all of the, all of the, like, as I, to strain the analogy, all the chess pieces are already well set up. So uh, kudos yeah, there, no, David. For, for sure. I mean, because especially when you're doing um, things that are, are more episodic, you know, the situation of the week frequently, there's so much exposition to do. And, you know, we're, we've watched eight seasons of exposition that for the most part has been done so well that you don't notice that it's exposition. And that's really the, the fine art of writing exposition is that the audience doesn't notice that it is. Uh, but while we're talking, let's introduce Sherry Parker Lee as Carrie Moses. You might know her from Law & Order, Sex and the City, uh, although she primarily works as a voiceover ADR person. She would know how how loud that pen is that you're clicking, Keith. What, this one? Oh, is this annoying? Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking to a criminal defendant. Your demeanor Get will the factor spinner. into the disposition. You right. need to rein yourself in. Do you understand? You promised me. Got a tape measure. Does that help? Have you been dissatisfied with our performance? Measure today? Allen's big R. Far from it. I think you're superior lawyers. But I did come here because of Alan Shore. And now that he's gone... We certainly respect your relationship with Alan. And I realize our experience is primarily criminal but we have become full service with some remarkable results in civil cases against the tobacco company, against... Mr. Young, I run a securities firm. Alan Shore has much more experience with... Certainly, if you choose to go to another firm, we will honor that decision. But as your current lawyers, we have a fiduciary duty to advise you that... I love the word fiduciary, and that's... I'm and not being I facetious. have a fiduciary obligation to point out... Guy built his corporate client. He looks rich. Yeah. <laughs> this is Jim Jansen as the corporate client. Uh, but but guess what, Mike? Guess what? He was also 
attorney Ryan Hall in burnout and attorney Ryan Richard Hart in blowing smoke, which means you get three-timer, baby. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. You should join the Patreon at patreon.com slash K&M just to see our sexy slow dance. So welcome back to the practice. We'll pretend that we don't recognize that you were here before in season four. And you massachute the scenery. First you were a judge who was a bit of a dick. Now you are a teacher who's a bit of a dick. In silence of the lens, you were a bit of a dick. In real life, I'm sure that you're a really Very nice guy. Mike dances, Keith tries to find his fidget spinner. They both fail. Oh, I gotta fix that <laughs> stream deck. There are many firms that can give you great service, but I must strongly caution you against going with Alan Shore. Why? Because he's a crook? It is our belief that he is unstable that he has self-destructive personality tendencies, that he's also prone to committing unethical, sometimes even criminal acts. You're in the securities business. You have to avoid even the appearance of impropriety. One false step can cost you and your shareholders millions of dollars. See, this is a mistake. Now, of course, they should we would not like you be to stay bad-mouthing Shore if there's a lawsuit coming. But wherever you take your business, because then all I would of a sudden urge you, you get again into slander. not to take it to Alan Shore. That's a mistake. At first, she was polite. But as soon as we told her to relocate, she became abusive. And what did you do then? This is David right. L. Crowley. I informed Crowley. her that if she wouldn't move peacefully and willingly, I'd have to physically escort her. And how did she respond? She said something about me having sex with my mother. And then what happened? <laughs> I proceeded to physically escort her, and that's when she assaulted me. Officer, I had Man, a I wish uh, I had videotape made by a... She made some reference of me having sex with my mother, and then I took her off the premises. Bystander, which uh, I would like to thank play. you. We'll, we'll call you. Overruled. We're Did looking for the... someone. We're looking for someone a little less trying too hard with their hair. <laughs> <laughs> someone who has accepted realities of fate and time. Okay, we've highlighted you and Miss. Also, Moses those checkered pants were a see. choice. This is, in fact, you. Yes, I give you a lot of shit, but but you can still pull off. She's cool. arguing with me at this point. Cool. Oh, there's video right of a woman assaulting the cop. Put my hand on her elbow to escort her. Oh, she punches him straight in the face. Does Eleanor this tape fairly and accurately reflect? Oh, they shouldn't. What have, they shouldn't have slowed. They shouldn't that have showed down. that. Yeah, again. Thank you, Guys, you've seen Rocky Four. You thought that choreography was bad. You should check this out. The choreography was fine. The camera angle was wrong. They're like, if we shoot it from across the street, mini fan. The crowd was gathered on if Boylston we shoot it from street, across the street, there you was won't a presidential motorcade. Mm -hmm. President Bush was in town. Yes. Was he? And why did you object to my client being in this crowd? She was, was carrying a placard <laughs> that was critical of the president. So you made the decision to relocate her? Yes, ma'am. Acting in concert with the Secret Service. The Secret Service asked you to remove my client. 
Not her specifically. When the president travels, the Secret Service scouts a location in advance and directs local law enforcement to set up free speech zones, or protest zones, where those who choose to protest can assemble. So you told my client she had to go three miles away down by the harbor. That's where the designated protest uh, zone was. So to carry a placard to protest against the president, one would have to go to a place where the president couldn't possibly see it. It's an anti-terrorist policy. Terrorist? Yes. Terrorists pose a security risk and obviously tend to be anti-U.S. So we relocate protesters to where they won't pose a risk to the president. Just so I'm clear, people with pro-Bush signs were allowed to line the streets for their motorcade. People with anti-Bush signs were either taken away or arrested. Guys, don't worry about it. Pretty soon, this isn't even an issue. It all yeah, gets it's better. All, it's all fine. But it, it, I remember that law, and, and it, it's so asinine, right? Because, like, it, it, they say it's, a, it's an anti-terrorist measure. But if I'm a terrorist and I'm planning an attack... I think maybe uh, I, 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 I go in with a pro-Bush sign because uh, it's like, do they think that they're stupid? Yeah, but there will be fringe benefits later because, of, you know, let's just say, hypothetically, Keith, let's say you were mm -hmm. a president and let's say you okay. wanted a, a photo op with uh -huh. holding a Bible upside down to show how powerful and how big your hands were, right? Let's say really you wanted believe, to do that. I really believe in the Bible. I'm really great. It's great. It's, it's my favorite book. You would need some sort of fringe law to make sure that there were no, let's say, I don't know, protesters in in front of the church at that time. My favorite chapter is chapter four. It's a picture. It's pictures there, I think. And when you tried to explain this to my client, she became enraged. Very enraged. And as a result of her rage and you trying to physically escort her, she threw a punch. Basically. It's stunning. Recently, two grandmothers were arrested in Florida for waving tiny handwritten protest cards outside of the designated free speech zone. What's the point? I'm really insecure. <laughs> What's the point? You didn't want to have Texas. a beer to lament the demise of free speech. What's the point? I know you hired a lawyer. Alan, give it some time so tempers can... I'd like to work this out. So would I. Then you can't be sending emails of yourself if you antagonize Eugene and Jimmy. So look, <laughs> I just like you to can't point get that fired out. by two firms in so one year. So we're as brilliant everyone as you in are, the firm your career will never recover. Is, you need to work this out. I land on my feet, Eleanor. I could show uh, you the bunions to prove it. Do you think they? I need you to work this out. Yeah. I was saying that we just no, found out here. <laughs> Michael, I'm blown up. I'm getting blown up right now. I apologize. We're, we're doing a podcast, Michael. <clears throat> I know, but we're always doing a podcast, and so life <laughs> intercedes. <laughs> we like literally never stop doing this. Uh, so she just it was funny it when, out. when you came to see the show. Jen was like, "Isn't it great to see Keith?" And I was like, yeah, "I see him all the time." No, I was sort of nonplussed about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm also much more excited to see Jen than I am you. It's so, fair. Very fair. All right, um, what are we learning, Keith? Tell me what we're learning. Other than so it, Eleanor, doesn't it look much high, more high def this week? It does look pretty good. I mean, this was broadcast in high def, but Hulu just doesn't want to give it to us in high def. Uh, 
so anyway, Eleanor just said the line. Uh, you can't just, you know, email your, you can't keep emailing yourself. So we are to believe when we saw him on the computers, like he'd hacked it. He'd done this horrible, crazy, like fancy John Larroquette-ish hack. And all he did was just email a video of himself. He said yes. email. Well, there's two points to that. One is that I, th- I thought the point she's making here, because I was listening, was that he's antagonizing them. So they can show this well, as yes, obviously. Yes. antagonistic. But you're right. they Because di- Jimmy didn't say, oh, he sent me an email too. He said, he's on my computer again. Too. He's on my computer. He found yeah. a way onto my computer. Oh, man, I have to tell this story now. Stop me if I've already told it. I don't think I did. So my, I went to see my mom, and she's always given me, like, little projects to do, and it's usually with her computer, you know, because uh, sure. things aren't working the well they're supposed to. Whatever. My passwords don't work. I'm always changing know her, it well. her, her password. So she's like, you'll never believe it. I got a pornographic email. And I, was like, oh. and I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, you'll never guess who it was from. And I was like, oh, I have so many guesses, but why don't you tell me? <laughs> and she's like, can you believe it was Wells Fargo? And I was like, no, Mom. <laughs> it wasn't Wells Fargo. Wells That's... Fargo. <laughs> I was like, let me get... why because why would you click it? Right? She's like, because it was the bank. I was like, well, I guess that makes sense, but yeah, yeah well, it's... right. But, but once you saw the porno, you should have known it was fake. It was spam. You shouldn't then blame Wells Fargo for sitting. Oh, Mom. Let me log in and complain about the pornography. <laughs> I can't bear the idea of going back to work with you not being there. I'm going to put in my social security number so they know I'm really mad. A fight hurts everybody. <laughs> she should know I you can't to talk reason to, to him. Tara back. No. But I guess if there's anybody Let's who could, it would the table. And they we'll talk about their friendship all the time. I've never actually seen it, but... You're right, it... it, it why does he give a shit? Why does he care? All I'm asking you, Gene, he's petty, is that you but he doesn't seem like he's acting petty. Well, he is, but has but it also, ever he antagonized been open? Right I don't the think it's beginning. my objectivity that's in question. Nobody's here, done uh, anything to him. Okay. At, At least he didn't bring on another friend of his, even though he had no power to hire, and she was batshit too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ended up with a human head in the. Uh, in Eugene's office, but like, think about this. And I, I know that there are Alan apologizers out there, uh, mm-hmm. but like, Alan is so mad. He's so upset because they fired him for egregious breaking of the law and causing absolute chaos and misery. He's so mad. Eugene didn't do anything to him. Nope. Jimmy didn't he do scowled a anything lot. to him. He scowled quite a bit. He, well, he scowled because like, it's, it's like if if I scowl at you because you punched me in the face, I didn't do anything wrong to you by scowling. I'm reacting to your shitty behavior. And like his antagonism with Jimmy the whole time, no reason, zero reason. He walked in and was like, here's this person existing in front of me and I'm going to be shitty to him. And like, where is his, where's the source of his rage here? It's just absolutely. Have you no sense of decency, sir? I'm biased. It makes no sense. I plead guilty. But I am speaking objectively when I say a war is bad for business. Our business. Oh, right about that. Look at any law firm divorce. Show me one where anybody has come out ahead. Who's trying to come out we'll ahead? talk to the man's lawyer. 
Sharon Stone. Thank you. She wants to take home ahead, not I uh, like come out President ahead. Bush. I voted for him before. I'll probably vote for him again. And I'm pro-war. I'm not one of those liberals. I cheered when they caught Saddam. So well, wait till you hear him, his uh, ad admission a few years from now. It's like the staircase on HBO, Keith. He's just like giving a speech and he's like, I did it. Wait, what? <laughs> so did my kids. We wanted to cut off his head and play soccer with it. Carrie, what were you protesting that day? The environment. You're against the environment? No, the I'm environment. for it. I'm very concerned about the air my kids breathe and what I was protesting. See, the EPA puts out some report to give the public warnings and stuff on the environment. And the administration censored it so the public wouldn't know what they were trying to warn us about. What's up with that? So you had a placard? Saying, don't censor the EPA. And this policeman tells me that I've got to go somewhere five miles away from the motorcade. So when he told you this? I hit Good him. reminder that Not obviously right away. we live in a place where the, the bar has been lowered. He said that my w carrying a placard on the EPA. Horrible president. Uh, yeah, but let's go into the, I think they could have made this lady, depending on what your politics are, I guess. They could have made it her very much like, I'm pro-Bush, Bush, 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 Bush. But I like that she has, that they make her pro-Bush, pro but also right. on the side of, a, of an issue that is that Bush yeah. was not for. So... It, it makes her a little bit more nuanced instead of just kind of being a, a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. It, PA it's back when uh, security risk. we had opinions on I issues. I said, what about my right to assemble? As opposed to just people. He said, people. I got a right to assemble, but it's in another section of town. And then he got belligerent and dismissive. And that's when I made reference to him in an unfavorable light. And at that point, he grabbed me to pull me off. And on instinct, I lost it. Free speech zone. I thought this whole country was a free speech zone. I, I still, I don't, I still don't think you can punch them in the face. What do you mean? I didn't do well. You did great. Yeah, they do frown on punching gruff. cops. Gruff? You could have left out the playing soccer with Saddam's head. That doesn't make me gruff. I think that helps Carrie, her. I'm just afraid the jury is going to read you as antagonistic. I could probably plead this out on a misdemeanor battery. But... What about my right to protest? Well, that right doesn't include punching a police officer, and you don't want to go down on a felony. You know what, Eleanor? I got rich relatives in Europe. They visit sometimes when they come to Boston to see musicians and stuff, and they're snooty. I'm not sure that's relevant. No, I'm getting to it. They're snooty about their money, about their country, about their intellectual whatever, and they look down on me. And you know what I tell them? I know when I say I got greatest. that they don't got. <laughs> but I'm dating a semi-sadist. A true democracy, real freedom. And I don't mean to be sound like Patrick Henry and all those dead presidents. Keith, you know what she's her 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 relatives from New England remind me of? Old England. A a bumper about you that we haven't heard in so long. Oh, oh, a particular bumper for me? Oh, mm -hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> Keith is pompous. Out here uh, in Boston, huh? Wicked pompous asshole, eh? Hack the cat. But to be able to vote, to protest, <laughs> to do all the Go things sacks. you get to Iraq to give the Iraqi people the chance to do. It means something. 
Tom Brady put a baby in me. I went to voice my opinion, nothing more. That cop told me that I couldn't do that. Now, maybe I shouldn't have hit him. But I maybe? will not plead out on this. I have not yet begun to fight. John Paul Jones or somebody said that. Was he a president? No. Keith, say the letters PSDS out loud. PSDS. You just said pierced ears in Boston. PSDS, eh? I can't walk away from this, Eleanor. Patreon.com. Right. You gotta get them pissed right out of and the room, okay? Otherwise, they don't know. They don't me. like the Celtics. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Eleanor's looking at you. She's I'm talking. not necessarily defending him on the merits. Charlie McAvoy, be best player out there. He hired you as his lawyer. How can you now? Now we're interviewing, him on I guess. I don't know all the facts, Eugene. Well, let's assume for the sake of argument. This is Alan's this lawyer. Let's introduce him. What it do you was. say? I know that lawyer from somewhere. Alan's lawyer here is played by Vince Colosimo as Matthew Billings, who you'd know from Spartacus, Chopper, Body of Lies, Daybreakers. And while you listen to him talk, and you have listened to us just mangle many different uh, accents, this dude's Australian. Oh, wow. Well, from my understanding, some of the worst things he did, he did in the beginning, which you knew about which means he may have some estoppel arguments. Just because we may have known some of the stuff he was up to, that doesn't mean we sanctioned it. I'm not suggesting that. His bastard's better than ours, and I'm from New England. You took the money. It doesn't seem fair that you would profit from the very conduct you're now citing as the cause. I'm done. Done? You just sat down. Let the man sue. If he thinks he's got a case, I'm ready. That kind of emotion suggests that you might be personalizing this a little. Take a look around, Mr. Billings. This is a firm I've given the last 15 years of my life to. Your client, Alan Shaw, devalued that. I take it personally. I'm not I ashamed to take that personally. I think he's got to have a little self-loathing, too, because he let it go so far. Despite his better judgment. I think he's just annoyed at the writers, because the actual Eugene wouldn't have done that. Oh, and Alan's at the door. Boo. All you need to know, Eugene... I won't lose. As senior partner, I recognize it would be in the best interest of the firm to work this out quietly and quickly. But you know what? Let's fight, Alan. I want to go to court, lower myself into the trenches and have the kind of street war I'm capable of. But not to worry. Because you won't lose. You also are setting up interesting chess pieces for, this is getting meta, but for the writer's room, right? Because for seven seasons, we've been following along with the firm, Eugene's become like head dog, but clearly the balance of power has shifted as far as the narrative over the past season. For and sure. So like I had mentioned a few episodes ago, I'm not sure we agreed, but I didn't know who we were rooting for really. But it definitely feels like the show has be becoming has been becoming Alan Shore's show. It hasn't been making him an antagonist. It's been showing antagonistic behavior, but you, usually with a wink and a nod, or with at least right. a tacit understanding that oh, we're rooting for this guy. So here in this fight, I don't know. Forget where I feel like where our loyalties lie. I'm curious too. Like where does David does David e. Kelly mm. have a plan? 
to like write a new show? I mean, I, I'm curious as to where he's at, and I guess this I, might give us yeah. a barometer. And, and I would love to know where in the decision-making process they were between continuing the practice, going to season nine of the practice, versus you know spinning off and doing Boston Legal. Because I know that that wasn't. You know, ABC offered David E. Kelly, do you want to keep going with the practice or do you want to start a new show? And and David E. Kelly chose to do a new show. Did he know that he was going to do that yet? Right. Or was he, were, were they still in deliberations? I don't know. I think it's very interesting. All of it's interesting. And, and I, I'm not sure who the David E. Kelly wants us to be rooting for at this point. My advice... Because Eugene, even when he's in his most broody and all that stuff, he's not usually doesn't feel as like they definitely are making him seem a little writing him to be a little like off the chain a little bit. Right, right. They're, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure away. if we're supposed to be on his side. Hey, you I and I am. could start a firm. Assuming I pass the bar, that is. Think how exciting that would be. What is with my head? <laughs> I'm feeling drunk. Is it possible to get drunk of one shot of liqueur? Probably not, but I've been pouring vodka in your drink, so... Alan. I was hoping it would lead to intercourse. In times of stress, I find solace in warm, dark places. Uh, for those of you... <laughs> Slipping me liquor to get me into bed. That's date rape. Oh, no, don't be... Yes! It... <laughs> this didn't age well! What the... What? Hey, folks, I mean, you tell me. That... Was that supposed to be tongue in cheek? It seemed pretty like straight up and down to me. I, I, Just because they're pals, like I can't do that to my wife, and we're married. Yes, I, dude, so trendy. No, really, it's not funny. Is that the reason why you showed up here? I wouldn't have actually slept with you, Tara. It's more about knowing I can. It's the conquest with no fear of infection. Well. Uh, you should be in fucking prison. Like, fuck we, we thought we moved Alan, past you. We thought we moved relationship past with me. <sighs> you needn't worry about it happening. I never actually let it. Why would you want to date this guy? Like, even why you, would you want even, to? Even the inquiry, Tara, here is beneath you because you, even if why you would be did, interested in this guy, at, at this point, you can't trust him. You, you can't even trust him to serve you a, a beverage. Like he's that he's that dude at the bar why women don't leave unattended drinks. He is that dude. <sighs> Fucking monster. Anyway, so continuing your rare bite at honesty. Are you interested in me? We're not rooting for this, David. I find you very interesting. <laughs> She's hurt. You and I would last a week, Tara. It'd be an absolutely glorious week, but no. I'm only here now because Eleanor is in trial and I hate getting drunk alone. Keith, careful with that Pepsi. I know, just Alan here? I do have a friend, though. A friend? She saw me with you one night and she couldn't stop going on and on about what it must be like to kiss you. Your friends are she, even. She had some ridiculous idea that, I don't know, those lips were different. From... 
Lips are lips, I said, and since most people close their eyes... This is supposed to be romantic. Keith, for the screenshot, could you please make a gross face in three, two, one... What? All right. Great. More Well, I'm never going to remember over that time. One more time. Ready? Wait, next time we see Alan. Now. Perfect. Really nailed it. Great. You seem a little fragile. Paul did it, you know. Oh, he tells her. I'm sorry. Paul Stewart. He killed Brenda Wilbur. Wow, that's nuts that he just... Is, well, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, she's also an attorney, so it is turns out privilege. She's not an attorney, though. That's the only life lesson one needs. Well, they were... Well, she was working for the firm. Anyway, I'm sorry to have intruded. I don't think you should drive. I took a car. It wasn't mine, so I'm sure the police are out there, but they'll give me a lift. That was a zinc. That was a good one. You do know that you and I wouldn't work. I do. You're not nearly tawdry enough for me. I don't, I'm not invested in their whatever it is. What you did wasn't cheeky or tawdry. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care. Okay, so who gives a shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm bitter. Your you know, friend. I watched it the second time, and I got madder. And whoever else might be curious. Good night. Tara. Relax, I don't want the key to your heart. Just the office. Excuse me? They changed the locks. But the master key should still work. And you have it. Don't you, Tara? What is this master key? Like, how many locks are there in the... Like, if they change the locks, why wouldn't they change the master key? Did you key? call Eugene? I had to. I can't get in. I consider calling the police. Lucy! I got here at 8. It was already like this. It's a new you lock. You put Alan Shore and, and Associates master. on the door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> This is trespassing. We can arrest him for this. Oh, hello. Also, Gosh, we're not open yet. Please come back at nine. Isn't, didn't, didn't Tara just like, isn't that a felony? What is? Uh, uh, breaking like, and entering and changing the... Yeah, like Tara, is, is, it's not like she borrowed the key, right? If Tara got fired, she shouldn't have the master key anymore. And then it's she... It's definitely and, theft, yeah. It's almost nine. Jimmy, file a trespassing report with the police. Jamie, Lucy, let's draft a TRO. He's in there collecting client files. Now then, who has business? Perhaps a slight explanation is in order. I'm invoking the doctrine partnership by estoppel. It's a well-defined theory under Massachusetts law. I'm sure you know it. 
given the huge imbalance with respect to billables, I took it upon myself to declare me as senior partner. Imagine. Good news is I've decided to keep you on, Eugene, in an associate position. Bad news, Jimmy, it's not working out. Get out of my firm. Your firm? We also spent so seasons building up the Jimmy character, and now we've just shat on his face completely. For no reason. For no reason. You pay office rent, Eugene. You lease the equipment. As for the clients, keep yours, I'll keep mine. Let's do the math. I will physically throw you out. Please do. Hey, come on. Oh, hey, Jamie. Well, thank you. Welcome Alan, to the show. Obviously, you're trying to provoke something. What, you think you have a better legal case if Eugene attacks you? It wouldn't get worse. This is ridiculous. Challenge the firing if you want, but you can't just break in, change the locks, and take over the firm. I did take over the firm while I was here, so. Okay, fine. If that's true, have a judge declare it. But this is like some military coup. Be reasonable. I'm persuaded. I'll let the judge decide. I just, I don't find it interesting even because I don't understand the stakes for Alan. What the hell? He obviously got what he came for. What? He's also clearly of means. He's made all these millions of dollars. Just start your own firm, dude. Why do you need their, why, what is the point? Well, he just butthurt I mean, that they fired him? Is that is that really what we're saying? Well, to be in the defense of David E. Kelly here, he's written the character to be really, I mean, his, his he's vain, he's egotistical, he's a narcissist, that a, a narcissist who has been dealt a, 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 an ego wound such as being fired, they might just burn it all down. I, I, I speak from experience, having done it, uh, okay. that that there is like there's there's no point to it beyond I feel wounded and I'm going to burn it down out of my own ego needs. Okay, then let me let me let me look at let me go at it this way then. Let's let's assume let's play alternate timeline first, and okay. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. If, if Eugene had just sat down with Alan then and been like, listen, man, I really appreciate everything you've done for the firm financially. However, this is my blood, sweat, and tears. Me and Bobby built this in Eleanor from the ground up. It's I can't just close a deaf ear and let you do whatever. It's going to blow back on us. I think it's best we part ways. You take your clients and you take you have my gratitude and respect. I'll see you on the other side. Alan right. probably would have gone for that. Probably, yeah. Okay, but... It, so then, so then the question then becomes, what got in the way that made made Eugene do it the way he did it? Was it that his ego got hurt, that Alan brought in all this money, and that Alan was the top dog? And and I guess that's is that sort of what Matt Matthew Matteo I forget our our friend who wrote in a few weeks ago was 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 saying that Eugene sort of just hated Alan, but he he said it was because he was he got too many girls. I haven't seen that that color from Eugene, but. No, I mean, the reality is that what got in the way, one word, TV. Yeah. TV got in the way, right? Because it was it was good for the storytelling purposes. I think if I were to try to justify it in canon, I would say, A, the money of it all, 
it you know like it's it's millions of dollars eugene personally gets a lot of that the firm gets that the firm gets these public wins it's good for that also loyalty to eleanor um both of those things i could imagine would cause a man to hesitate um in firing this guy because you know look if 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 i you know if if you knew i was a crook and and how we were uh, the the K&M empire yeah, right, for but siphoning I was, all that sweet sweet cash but i yeah exactly but like somehow my my crookedness was was putting half a million dollars in your pocket even though your name is also on the company you'd be like well you know that this is bad don't do that and well then, i mean you know. one of the two of us is accepting all of those chinese sex bots <laughs> We want those followers. 500 <laughs> subscribers, and you get my video. Okay. <laughs> On March 7th, there was a presidential motion. Oh, yeah, this in case. Hundreds of thousands of people came out, some carrying signs in support of the commander in chief. This poor guy's bald head. He's an extra, and all we get is his shiny bald head in the foreground. <laughs> chief, some waving placards in protest. Somewhere, no, some guys. Like, That's my head. It's lined up with your faux hawk. Were removed under the threat of arrest. The ones in support well, were allowed to stay. What's happening to us? No answer. I realize we live in a different world since 9/11. Certain liberties we just have to forfeit. Oh, remember that awesome case with Rebecca, and she was going to get to like try to get a detained. A oh, right. terror suspect, but then like nothing came of it. Search our luggage well, at airports, like, conduct racial profiling, put up cameras to watch us on street corners. None of us like any of it, but we have to understand. Hey, targeted but ads, baby. our voices? Make it a crime to engage in political dissent? Segregate people based on the content of their ideas? And it's not just going on in the government. Let's look at television. The Super okay. Bowl, for example. They bombarded us with ads on beer, sports erectile ball, sports dysfunction. Ball, it's okay to ball. see dogs biting crotches and farting donkeys, let alone the halftime show. But a spot containing political content, that has to be shut down. What is happening to this country? I need more, I need more clarity on the farting donkey. Was that a real thing? Yeah, no this this was uh, this was the Super Bowl that we well you only we only saw the second half of the Super Bowl because we were traveling that day. Was there a farting donkey? This was the Janet Jackson Super Bowl, and there I there's definitely I do remember a farting donkey commercial. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Historically, uh, we I have got always been a nation that has championed we'll the there. idea. Today, if the government doesn't like your idea. You can be cordoned off to a designated zone where it is guaranteed to get no exposure. It goes against America, against the Constitution, against the principles we fought for in every war throughout okay, our nation's history. Of course, Carrie Moses felt rage. This is Where's so yours? Romantic. You have to pause Where's that a little. Yours? He's actually making a really good point. A little candlelight and a little bud light. Oh. Do you smell barbecue? Oh. Fresh, smooth, real, but nailed it. <laughs> it was a horse. Eleanor yeah. 
Wait, back it up, because Eleanor is actually making a really good point. That we're doing farting donkeys over. If the government doesn't like your like this very important piece of you can be cordoned off to a designated zone where it is guaranteed to get no exposure. It goes against America, against the Constitution, against the principles we fought for in every war throughout our nation's history. Of yeah, course, Carrie Moses felt rage. Where's yours? Where's yours? And yours? Edward R. Murrow once said, Must never, never confuse not dissent with disloyalty. Thank you, Budweiser. We have either become a country of oppression. Oh or shit! We are just I'm crying very, hard. Very confused. Oh shit! That was perfectly timed. As Carrie herself said, "Free speech zone. Why isn't the whole country a free speech zone?" Yeah, but she punched him in the face. That's where she's like, we're not going to talk about that. She's saying well, if she wasn't put in that situation, it wouldn't have been. She wouldn't have punched him. I think so. I mean, I can't imagine she'd be able to make that argument. It's basically jury nullification. Miss Moses punched a police officer. Yep. The End crime the she statement. committed was assault, for which she has no defense, by the way. Which, of course, is the reason Miss Frutt just filibustered all of us on the principles of individual freedoms. But since Ms. Frutt has raised the constitutionality of the free speech zones, we live in a country He would never, none of this would ever be said attacked. in the courtroom. I like in the my lifetime, I saw President Kennedy get shot, his, his brother Robert O'Farrell. assassinated running for president. President Ford was nearly shot. President Reagan was shot. And that was before 9-11. The whole terrorist world would love to see President Bush dead. Vice President Cheney has to live in secret hiding. So real is the threat. Are we really being that unreasonable to impose strict security measures, perhaps even overreaching ones? Now, just like Ms. Frutt, I would love to go back to the world that we used to live in, where we didn't have yellow, orange and red alerts. We didn't have to x-ray people's shoes at airports where we didn't have to guard bridges. The New York police force currently is going through training in preparation for a nuclear attack. Of course, it's nice to lament the loss of our old world. But we have to live in this one. None of that. You tell me you want to settle, then you break into their house. Well to download the book. That's illegal. And why did you change the name on the door? Okay, that part was fun. I'm not going to represent you, Alan, if this is how you're going to behave. What's with the red ties? So hey! Around here with. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner, as this Denny Crane. 
William Mike Shatner right. has seven right. Emmy nominations, including two wins. He has two Golden Globe nominations and four Razzie nominations, including one win. You might also know him from T.J. Hooker. The first gig he did on television was a butler's night off in 1951. Ladies and gentlemen, William Shatner. Patrons who are joining us on the video feed, uh, one of the people you're looking at right now has literally been into space, and it's not Keith or I. It is not. Although this is about the moment where David E. Kelly was like, oh, decision made. <laughs> We're cold ties, blue, black, hard colors, tough colors. Red is soft. Soft does not work around here, sailor. This is Alan Shore. Denny, he's not an attorney here, he's a client. Oh. Red's a soft color, Pilgrim. Um, uh, yeah. That's Denny Great Frank. scene. That works for Don't me. Don't be fooled. Once he's in the courtroom, he's every- It's better, it's better coming from, from Crane. Cause so far he's not a sexist D-bag. Not yet, give him time. <laughs> It's like a good tea. We gotta let it steep a little bit. They move for a TRO before Judge Gleason tomorrow. What's this I hear on Ryan? He's holding at 120. His attorney's doing any second. Send him into my office. Yeah. Good man, Gleason. Shot ducks with him on Saturday. He's a good man. As you can see, I'm in the middle of something, so maybe we should just reskit. Mr. Crane, (laughs) Denny. Hello, Alan Shore. Warm tie. Oh, sure. I know you are. I spoke to you. Excellent. I wasn't sure I made an impression. Did I hear you say you duck hunt with Judge Gleason? Yeah. Good man. Great shot. You shoot? Do I shoot? Hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you. Do I shoot? Can I talk to you for a minute? Why does the door... And that's the start of a beautiful romance, Keith. Don't ask. Mm. Lucy, casual Fridays, huh? He got the master key. We think from Tara. He downloaded the financial records and accounts receivables. He also... Also what? Wait, so they were like, look, we're gonna we're hiring a new actress to play the, re- the receptionist paralegal, uh, but then we're gonna fire her and bring, mm-hmm. bring Marla back? Yes. As oh, a... I just, I wish, well, I'm, I want I'm the podcast, I'm sure she was Keith. cheaper as a guest star than as a series regular. Yeah, and she was so fledgling in her career that she's like, I need the money. I want the podcast. Yeah, well, anyway. I want the podcast that we're not. <laughs> I want to know all of the backstage drama. <laughs> like, <laughs> how all of the machinations of this work behind the scenes, but I guess that's not well, what we are. you know, if we uh, if we weren't too shy to actually just invite these people on the show and ask them, we could, but we're not going to. I know, to. we'd be like, oh, let's play a game show. Let's talk about that. There's no way we'd be like, all right, let's hear about it. When they brought you back in season eight, what was the negotiations like? Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's we have that kind of style. <laughs> All of our She'd be like, I'd love to answer that question, but first, let's talk about the faux hawk. How old are you? Clients got this email. Alert. Wardrobe malfunction. Alert. Where's Eugene? Alan's He's quick with a gif. We have a TRO schedule. GIFs don't no, no audio and gifts, so that's that doesn't stand the test of time, unfortunately. But I thought it couldn't what? get any worse. But they just—it's he just. Why? I don't get it. For tomorrow, 
How many hours did he have to spend on that? Like Alan, who's showed no particular. No, he did. Alan did do that. He's got a guy. He hired a guy for that. His hacker did mm. that. He took records. Yep, and he mangled our system, so we're having trouble pulling stuff up. I'm sorry for. So he sabotaged their system too. He's just a full cyber criminal now. Do you blame me for this? You vouch for the man. I certainly didn't think. You vouch for his character. And after all the crap he's pulled, he's now broken into our office, stolen files. Eugene, You I... spoke for that man's character, and he's held us up to disgrace. He's now right. we're going to have to endure a big public spectacle of... <laughs> I certainly didn't see this coming. Yeah, you That's did. That's the difference between us. I did. And I still... That's... Good beat for Eugene, because that's what it was. So what's happening now? He's pissed at himself. What's right? happening now is we're going into court trying to enjoin him yeah. from taking any of our clients. What's happening now, Eleanor, is the beginning of a war. And what's happening now, you have to choose a side. You can't be on the fence anymore. Eugene. You know I'm on your side. Do I? We need to vilify this man in open court, Eleanor. Look me in the eye and tell me you're prepared to do that. I mean, Eleanor should be pissed. She should. I would be, like, if I brought you in to my job, I brought you into the index and you pulled all the shit. I would be so mad at you. Or or have given us the 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 case where okay, totally different. So so Eugene and Eleanor, these guys got Bobby and Lindsay off of murder charges, okay? So right. if the if it were flipped and all of a sudden Bobby was running in a new was running a new uh law firm somewhere and Eugene came in and pulled all this shit and he gave him a lot of, a, a long leash, he'd be like, well, I, I owe this guy freaking everything, okay? So, right. but we don't have that, we don't, they, once again, the, the fatal flaw they've given us, or haven't given us, like they did in that one Lindsay case where we flew to LA, whatever, that on location episode, they didn't give us the stakes. Why, it's, they can't just be old college buddies. That That's not enough, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And and they've, they, it's hurt the story, it's hurt the arc, because yeah, because Eleanor ends up looking dumb. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Like they, what they should have done is had when they introduced him, like a two episode arc where he saved Eleanor's life twenty years ago or something like some crazy. He made some sort of a huge sacrifice for her or something, and and that would have been an interesting backstory. It, I would have been in, more interested in his character. Or on totally. board with him. Or, like, at the very least, the very least, in one of the two bar scenes we've now had with Eleanor and Alan, have them a couple drinks in. Or the pool, the scene when we first met him, those first few episodes where they're at the pool, where she drunkenly re recounts the story. And we at least get it in a right. in a clunky, exposition-heavy version. Like, yes, your, right. your, your idea is better, but we, there was opportunity and we just blew it. Yeah. 
Partnership by estoppel. We get the court to declare me as a partner. There's precedent under Massachusetts law. You Jewish? Am I Jewish? Best bet we argue, they fired you because you're a Jew. No defense against that. Well, I would ordinarily agree, but they didn't fire me for that. And I'm not Jewish. I didn't hear that. <laughs> Mr. Crane? Stan Brenner? Matthew Billings said you want to see me? Yeah. I point out once again that, you know, Keith, I've talked ad nauseum on the podcast about a certain portion of my life that I've kind of blocked out. One thing from that from that period of my life uh, that is crystal clear is coming home on occasion and my, when my grandfather lived with my mom and my mom and him watching Boston Legal and pissing their pants laughing. Like, pissing their pants laughing. There were two shows that did it. Boston Legal mm. and Everybody Loves Raymond. Loves Raymond, I remember that. Those are the shows that made my mom piss herself. So, there's something there to this is. formula. Come I'm told you're holding at 120. The man died, son. As I explained to Mr. Billings, there are some serious liability Joey problems. Shea? I don't want to hear about liability problems. Mr. Billings explained that Maurice Sennett is one of my oldest and dearest friends. That I'm like a brother to her late husband. It was actually the brother who died, not the husband. Really? You know what? Medical records aside, if <laughs> Denny Crane tells the jury it was the husband, they'll believe it was the husband. I played take. poker with Charlie Levine. Charlie still head up litigation at your firm? Yes, he does. Hell of a guy, Charlie. <laughs> I love Catherine. We're going to raise your last counter to 142, and I'm going to whisper in Charlie's ear what a fine young associate he's got in you. And Charlie respects my opinion. You know why? Not because we're friends, but because I'm Denny Crane. Oh, the third person might get annoying, though. Denny Crane? <laughs> Good-looking kid. I'll bet later tonight you'll be on some barroom stool trying to finesse your way into some legal secretary's panties. You want to get there faster, son? Tell her earlier you held court with Denny Crane. Denny Crane. He's a whack job. He's eccentric. Eccentric? He's asking me to plead Jewish. You hired him. Why didn't you stop me? You went running off before I even... You need to argue this motion. Alan, I promise you, once he stands up in court... What? Once he stands up in court, what? He's Denny Crane. Oh, my God. No, really. Remember, we had this... He's Denny too, Crane. With, ...with Mr. O Dr. Oz. Not Dr. Oz. <laughs> Dr. Oz! You know who I'm talking about. Raymond yes. Oz. Soon to be your senator. What do you mean, you'll do the argument? Since I know the case best, I thought... You hired Denny Crane. I did. And I want to reserve your thunder for later. For now, I want you to sit there as the big cannon. I want your aura. I want you to exude... He's got a big old... The power of esteemed, noble duck hunter. You don't want me to talk? Not this early in the case. It would be premature. For today, look, I've got my dark tie on. I'm ready. Verdict time for Eleanor's case. 
<laughs> one of the most criminally under-argued cases. Nervous. But at least we got a close longer. Soon. Feeling nervous. Well, you punched the cop. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached a unanimous verdict. We have, Your Honor. This judge is James defendant, please rise. What say you? Case number 75421 in the matter of the Commonwealth versus Carrie Moses. On the charge of aggravated assault against a police officer, we find the defendant, Carrie Moses, guilty. She was, she punched Piss. him. Ms. Moses, you've been found guilty. Now, on a matter of sentencing. Hold on. We're doing sentencing now? Yes, we are, Miss Frutt. The crime for which you have been convicted is very serious, and the court takes it seriously. And accordingly, I sentence you to eight years to be oh, served crap. at Cedar Junction. Eight years maximum security? People need to know they just can't go around openly criticizing our government, eroding our national unity. This is America, Ms. Moses. Okay, so they're giving them an appeal because this judge is clearly a little bit uh, politically bent, but... You dissent, you go to prison. Eight years. Cedars. Adjourn. Well, we were looking for that cartoon villain, Keith. Got it. Eleanor, I'll lose my kids. I mean, how could he do that? How can I get... Take it easy, Carrie. That ruling was tailor-made for a reversal. It's almost as if he wanted... Oh. <laughs> Keith, for, it's not just the cop that got punched in the face. I mean... They took the plot line and slapped us in the face with it. I actually like it though. I, I'm I on like board it. with this. Okay. I'm on board with the judge handling it this way. This, yeah, me too. That's not it. It's the beat. It's the him waiting till Eleanor makes eye contact and sees him. Like the why fact that they, Mr. Shore broke into our offices during nice, the dark but... of night to illegally access our computer records, to steal TV, and download TV, TV. financial TV, TV, information. TV, TV. This conduct Network is TV. evidence of his moral turpitude, and accordingly... Objection to the word turpitude. I don't know what it means, and I especially don't like moral. It's ambiguous. Mr. Shaw, you'll get your turn. He's mocking these proceedings the same way he mocked our firm, the way he mocks the law. Objection to the term law mocker. Mr. Shaw, are you taking this seriously or not? Your Honor, the firm was dying. Its name partner, Bobby Donald, walked out the door. They were hemorrhaging. I saved their collective asses. That is categorically false. I've seen the books, Eugene. Remember, I stole them. Our firm has always been financially viable. Our financial health has now been jeopardized by him. Your Honor, this man is a chess thumper. Watch. Yes, I chess thump over ethics. Yes, I do. Hold on there, son. Denny Crane. I'm not finished. Nine million dollars i beg your pardon al shore's billables exceeded nine million dollars that in a period of seven months beating all the other lawyers combined by about 6.5 after they accepted the money after al brought in clients amounting to 80 percent of the corporate business they threw him out no profit participation just a check for fifteen thousand dollars it will be a testament to Mr. Young's powers of persuasion, if he can make that sound good. So, I, like you, am looking forward to what he has to say. Denny Crane. Does he do that every, is that gonna be every episode? Cause that would get old. 
It's not that I didn't appreciate your riveting performance, but I've mainly retained you to sit at the table as honorary friend of judge. That's Let what me he did tell to you Jimmy. Tiger. Tiger. You want Denny Crane to talk. When Denny Crane talks, E.F. Hutton listens. My presence alone, my presence is so powerful, I don't even have to talk. Sometimes I'm better when I don't talk. This was my thinking. I'm Denny Crane, damn it. The judge is back. This is just the hearing about him, the hostile takeover. Right. Well, I think it's a probable Mr. Shore, you're going into the files, changing the name on the door, fussing up the computer so they can't access records. That was a real low, dirty, sneaky, sleazy thing to do. But? But it begs the question, whose firm is it really? A law firm isn't just a name, it's a business. Most of the business seems to be Alan Shores. Without a contract, we need to hear evidence. I haven't got enough before me to find likelihood of success on the merits for either side. So no injunctive relief will be ordered today. I'm scheduling an evidentiary hearing for next week. We'll reconvene on Monday, 10 o'clock. We'll take off our gloves and have at it. After that, I suspect some of you will be in business and others won't. Until then. <clears throat> Did I tee it up for next week well enough? Yeah, okay. Well, okay, gloves come off. Next week, that's a hockey time, man. Eh? When the Bruins, they drop the gloves, it means someone's going to punch another guy. All I'm, right. I'm very conflicted, Keith. I can't wait to talk about it. All right. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it, too. Uh, but we should begin with you uh, telling us what happened, Mike. Denny's on the team. Some lady punched a cop hard. <laughs> now the gloves are off. Yes. Okay. Also, date rape is not cool. Maybe we should just remind them. They are both real perbs. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, now, uh, what do you say we hand out some fake awards, Mike? Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, let me tell you. 
They're a fake awards show that we have now done 160, 173 times that begins every single time with the immortal strains of Keith, mm. uh, I think though there there were, it's funny in our in our A case this week we're trying to discover who is the most valuable lawyer because mm. they deserve the firm, but yeah. <clears throat> that's not the case I'm going to point to. I'm going to point to the B case. I believe that Eleanor is the most valuable lawyer because she argued <clears throat> the point that Keith said she shouldn't have been able to argue. And in mm -hmm. doing so, didn't just do jury nullification, she did judge nullification because she got the judge to do a twisty twist and the judge Ooh. said, you're guilty and I'm sending you to all the prison, but just in the short term, because in the long term, he knew, because Eleanor knew, because they made eyes and then they mm. did a close up of both their eyes that yeah. she's going to get it, that she really got her client off, I assume, probably maybe in the future. Judge nullification, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yes, of course Eleanor gets it. I, I thought for later but like that's kind of risky for the judge to do what happens if the next judge is like yep that makes sense to me because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you know? like it's entirely possible all right next up already famous because you've been on tv getting a paycheck first entry on your imdb way to go you're the best guest actor scooby dooby Scooby-Dooby. Guest actor on the episode. For SEO alone, Keith, mm. I feel like we gotta go Shatner because you get the Shatner bump, obviously. Oh, well, uh, obviously. And I think this Denny Crane is, he choose just, just, enough, just enough scenery. He's funny. It's great when someone can put Alan Shore kind of uh, a gape. Yes. I like that. Now, with the fourth knowledge of knowing that there's a whole show with this guy, I do have some moments where I'm like, wow, this was already almost too much. And I don't know if I could put up with that, like episode after episode every season. But I mean, I guess they could, you know, well, they have to mold the clay. Uh, well, also remember the tone of Boston Legal is very different than the practice. Yes. Uh, but nonetheless, it's nice seeing a Shatner because I think this was sort of the beginning of the Shatner sans, right? This. Yes. Uh huh. So, you know, I think for him to be able to come back on screen like this and give for Shatner a pretty tempered performance, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I won't say grounded, but but it felt grounded for for what we've come. For the character, he kind of built himself into a caricature and then embraced that caricature and then was able to kind of, he, this is definitely a character that he created that is a side, that is a part from just Shatner. So I, I, I really yeah. think it's a great performance and I think he gets an oopsie for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, he's, he's, <sighs> we're already sort of halfway in to the Boston legal tone anyway. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's a little bit less jarring cause we've been here for a while, but it's, it's compelling. He's fun. 
Like yeah. you, you don't really know what he's going to say next. You're not being asked to like him as much as we were asked to like Alan Shore at the very beginning. And so it, it can be just like a, I don't know. Like it's, it, it makes much more sense with Alan Shore in it. Right. If it were, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> if Alan Shore weren't there, it would be uh, a little jarring, but Happily, William Shatner gets his best guest actor. All right, let me find the right soundboard because I'm a child and move on to. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Well, Spader Spadering and the Alan Shore character, I can't, I cannot reward even the, some of the writing for that one scene. I really think I'm going to give the oopsie this week to Cameron. I think that yeah. she was asked, in her case, she gave a great close, which we love when Cameron does a close. And also she had a great scene with Eugene, where once again, she had to show some, though we don't have the the context, right, of where her stakes are with her friendship with Alan, the good news is that Cameron is just about good enough to show us that there must be something, right? Because in her head, she's justified it somehow. And so it's making those scenes work, even though the credulity seems to be strained. So for those yeah. reasons, I want to throw Cameron's name out there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it is, I think it is Cameron's, you know, she's not being given a huge heavy lift here. But the the scenes that she had with uh, Eugene, I thought were well handled. Um, I, I think as Cameron, as it dawns on Eleanor, how kind of fucked she is by Alan and the sort of soft sense of betrayal that she's beginning to feel. And well, I mean, it, a hard sense of betrayal, but she's soft pedaling a little bit for Eugene, um, trying not to reveal that. Uh, yeah, she did a great job. I mean, you know, it's not one of those like legendary Cameron episodes where she like melts the screen, but it's very solid, very good work. All right, uh, uh, Tom Brady's been fired, so we can go yep. straight too. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Keith, I'm gonna let you talk for a bit uh, because where I come down is I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. I I feel like I feel like I want to be psyched up for the war, but also the war. I don't really feel like I have too much of a horse in this race. I, I plus I don't quite understand the legality of it. I get that Alan has made a lot of money for them, but also how long has he been there now? It doesn't feel like a long time because it's only been one season, but it does feel like if he's brought in nine million dollars over a period of time, like and. We've just spent seven seasons. Yeah, I know they were struggling, but we've won a lot of cases. We win a lot. It, can, how can we be that poor? How is it that outside of Allen, we have no income? It doesn't... Well, they I, I guess some, I'm, but not yeah, but they, as much, yeah. I mean, I get that it's a business, but I guess I didn't, I didn't... The idea that he would want to or can just take it over seems nuts. Like, yeah, why wouldn't he just do his own thing? It... it 
the war for the war's sake would be fun if it was fun right now, but the only fun we're getting is adding yet another character. I feel like, I thought we were trying to save money. I thought the point, the reason we fired everybody because we were saving money, but now we're bringing in this like, uh, we're bringing in a megaton. And it's clearly Denny Crane is here to stay because he's got a catchphrase. He said his name 800 times. They're like, then we are branding this into your psychology now. Uh, but that said, uh, at least Alan, they, they have a character. They were smart enough to realize that like, we've created a character in Alan that is like, that is, that floats above the world we've created. And so we've got to put get another character, pardon my pun, to enter the stratosphere with him. And they've they at least succeeded in that this week. So I'm I'm torn, Keith. I, I I'm torn. So I'm I I'm, I'm I want to throw out a decent to light six point eight spare tires. Oh, okay, very light. Yeah. Oof. Um. And the other case was like uh, it, it was a cool ending, but like the the ideas discussed within it, it seemed. I mean, like uh, yeah, okay, great. We're t we're it's big ideas, but really, she punched a cop. So we, yes, I mean that was the vehicle for them to talk about the uh, free speech zones, <laughs> which were brutal. I think I, I think there was a better way to bring that up as a topic, but they didn't have time because we're dealing out we're doing Allen nonsense. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know quite what to feel about it either. Um, I think that the, it feels like uh, all of our heroes and our show, right, they, uh, they're in college and they, they, they throw this party, right? And it's a and it's a great party. We're having a great time. Lots of people are coming over. It's it's really fun. And uh, what, look what, at these what are guys. You doing? Just I'm look at us. In I know you are, but like just swivel your chair a second and just like look at us. <laughs> look at us. Nobody's watching this. <laughs> I know we are though. All right. Uh, so anyway, so they throw this party, and then uh, it's going great, and then like these couple of cool alpha kids come in and they take over the party and they start dominant and they start like pushing out the original people who started the party in the first place because they're like the seniors came in and it feels weird it feels like uh it feels like they're it's like a slow cancellation of the show that we love um yeah. it's and and it, you know, you know, it makes not... it more jarring, sorry to butt in, but it's like, because it's funny, I'm looking at this background we had created, this mat, and that's our, that's the squad, right? That's our, right. that's our heroes, and, and we've sort of mourned it, and we've gotten over it a little bit, but then they bring Lucy back, which is great to see Marla, but that makes me feel the miss even more. I'm like, oh yeah, like. This is weird. The whole thing is weird. It was just weird the way they they've 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 started a new a new show with the old name and it doesn't feel right. It's never felt right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it feels like you're you're you know to to, to go back to full circle. You're living your with your wife and your mistress at the same time. It's awkward now. Yeah. It's right? weird it's like, now. 
It's like you 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 know you're going to move on. You can you can clearly see you're about to move on, but you're also still sort of there, and it's it's awkward and it's weird, and uh, and I I think it's it's a little disrespectful to the original show. It's like I I'd much rather looking back on it we didn't need this halfway in between episode we didn't need an entire season of television that was a crossfade between the practice and boston legal um you know uh that said i mean like the battle sure if you'd set it up in a way that made sense this would be very exciting right if if you went back and like let's start start all over right Let's write this episode of television where this hotshot lawyer comes in, insinuates himself, and then slowly takes tries to take over the firm from the inside, right? And you did that in a way that was more logical and people behaved the way they normally behave. That's very exciting. It's like you have a mole in the and and you slowly reveal that he's undermining that he's the bad guy this whole time okay that's cool and then we have to watch our heroes like realize oh my god we're being betrayed we're being undermined we have to mount a defense against this person who's planned ahead and you have intrigue you have how do we do this how do we protect ourselves and and we sort of got the 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 half version of that that is really more about look how cool this guy is yeah, because they wanted Not, to cake and eat it too. They wanted to cake yeah. and eat it too. No, exactly. And and so you're you're trying to tell half that story and half setting up your next show, right? And and yeah, okay, so whatever. So I don't quite know what to feel about that either. Part of me is excited about it. Part of me is like, oh man, there's so many missed opportunities here and how they executed this. Um, you know, Alan's date rapey moment. That's just ugly that's just bad and 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 it's just and i you know so frequently go back to the well of well that was 20 years ago but like they it was every bit as wrong then and tara even points it out and yet still like ends up kissing him at the end of that which is just irresponsible it's irresponsible to put that on television that the hot girl you're sneaking drinks to right which under no circumstances for any reason even if you're not trying to sleep with her do you slip somebody alcohol without their knowledge that's a crime it should be a crime and to write a scene that ends with her kissing him after he did that to her is irresponsible Right, it was irresponsible. Well, because they, they wanted the cake and eat it, they wanted the cake and eat it too. They had her definitively say, "That's not right. That's wrong. That's illegal." And then in the next breath, oh, the cute, the 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 cool right. guy gets the kiss. You're right. They 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 do themselves a disservice almost every time they try to both sides it. Yeah, and it's not okay. It's never okay to do that, whether or not you intend to sleep with them or not. Like, no, flat out no. And you have that scene. To have him not only have no consequences for that, no accountability for that, he still gets to kiss the girl at the end. It's irresponsible. It's bad. Should never be should never be written and shown on television that way. No, you wanna you wanna tell that story and have him have consequences and have it be real and and, and show it is not cool. 
because on some level, the point of view of this television show is everything Alan does is cool. He's just so unbelievably cool. No, you can't do that. No, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, look, the, the point, the points about, uh, you know, the free speech zone, I, I, well taken, glad, glad to have that conversation. That was a thing. I'm glad that, um, I don't know, <laughs> I'd love to know what the, how much, what has changed, what hasn't changed on that. But, um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think absent that scene with Tara, I would give this like a provisional, like mid sevens say like, all right, if you, if you execute the landing next week, then like, great. But with that, I, I don't know if I can, I, I just like irresponsibly, I think you lose, uh, you lose at least two tires for that one scene alone, because you just shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to like, that's irresponsible, irresponsible. So, uh, 5.6. That's what okay. you get. So, um, uh, you know, I'll say I'm going to, I'm editorializing here, but I, we, you know, we've had, we've, that's the first. We, yeah, we, we, uh, we referenced it earlier. We've had like tacit, small little exchanges with some cast members. And, uh, one thing that they, that the two I'm thinking of right now, uh, mentioned was, and they said it positively, right? So I'm going to read into that. This is not their words. Uh, they mentioned that they are sad that this show doesn't get more love because it was such a great experience working on it and they they miss it and they love the people and had a great experience. Sure. But there's a an, an acknowledgement that it doesn't have the legs that a lot of other classic television has. And I wonder, and I, I'm, I'm starting to read, because we feel this way, that this season uh, becoming sort of a pilot for not a new show, but uh, not just introducing a new character, but using that character to basically pilot a new show, yeah. uh, like you said, is a little disrespectful. And I, I suspect that this season of the show made many cast members who were fired, written off, and or appeared on this season feel a little disrespected. And that's maybe why it hasn't the legs, at least in the memories of some folks, that that, that other, that, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, because Spader's dominance over this season, and then the continuing. I mean, Boston Legal was huge. And well, and, when I talk to would, people about our podcast, they mostly they only remember Boston Legal, right? They right. think that's what I'm talking about. I was like, no, 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 no. They're like the actual show. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to say. I mean, may, maybe we should collect our thoughts and 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 for our their finale talk about why yeah. this show isn't a bigger piece of our cultural lexicon because it was but why why was the shelf life and no disrespect so to short. boston legal i haven't watched it so i don't no i don't have the you know i'm not I mean, making boston a judgment legal, boston legal's great i enjoyed boston legal very much it's just a different type of show it's a different category of show and so i i think it's just anyway we're digressing as as always, uh, but I think it's time. It's a beautiful day. It is. It's sunny. Everybody should go out for a walk. So uh, thank you for listening to us talk about uh, the practice. If you would like to contact us, you can find us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at out of practice podcast. 
While you're there, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. We will gratefully, and I do mean gratefully, welcome you to the jury. You want to know who else we're grateful to? Our fine people who are patrons of this show. You can join them at patreon.com slash K-A-N-M. Spell out that and. Uh, Mike, what can they get there? You get the stuff that patrons get usually, AMAs, some bonus content, but most importantly, you get our gratitude and you get the knowledge every time you go to bed at night that you are a producer on one of the mm. most inconsequential creator channels of all time. But hey, yeah. we're having a good time. If you don't want to become a patron, hey, you can become a supporter by going and finding us on YouTube, checking out our other shows, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Tell a buddy, tell your mom, we are mom approved. Keith can vouch for that. That's true. In the meantime, we thank you guys for your listening. We thank you for your friendship. But if you change the goddamn locks on me, I'm coming Mm. at you with phasers on full laser sound. Yeah, phaser sounds.